Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Big Ten Preview and Projection Show for Mason Brew Podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined by Anthony Broom as we are doing previews and projections for all 14 Big Ten teams. We are through seven already, halfway done with the Big Ten as we creep closer and closer to football season. We're going to be taking a look at the Northwestern Wildcats here today, Anthony. Woohoo, we made it. This is the one everyone's been waiting for, right? Uh, no, it's it's good to, like I said, we're moving into the back, well, the top half, depending on mm-hmm. your perspective of it. We've done half of the Big Ten so far. Like we said before, what we're going to do is do we're going to do Michigan last. We'll reveal what order Michigan placed in terms of where you guys voted them in the last or in the episode before we should do Michigan. We're doing Michigan last. I just totally screwed this up. It's totally confusing. We're doing Michigan last, but yes. we have seven of these left. Luke and I have been knocking them out in clusters. So over the next couple of weeks, this, this series will be wrapped up and then we're fully, fully, into Michigan preseason talk. So happy for that. Happy to be here and excited question mark to talk about the Northwestern Wildcats. This is an interesting. So we are as of, uh, as of recording this actually 32 days away from the start of the first college football Saturday. So Michigan's first game about 32 days. And as we're recording 15 hours uh, away. So looking forward to that, but uh, that first college football Saturday, man, going to be a whole lot of fun. And for Northwestern, you know, a lot of people are liking this Wildcats team. Obviously, uh, seven and two last year, Big Ten championship game appearance after winning the West. They lost a pretty hard fought game, 22 to 10 to Ohio State, a little bit closer uh, than that score indicated. And Anthony, looking back at the last five seasons, man, and I know they play in the Big Ten West and everyone's got their feelings about the Big Ten West. Although, you know, you take a look at it, Ben, actually a little bit strong, at least in the top part of this. But 36 and 25 in the last five years, including a 10 win season back in 2017. So Northwestern, even they kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. When you look at the Big Ten West, everyone talks about Wisconsin. Everyone talks about Iowa, but Northwestern had a pretty strong run in the last five years. Yeah, I don't want to be this guy, but Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern have as many. This is wrong. Never mind. I got the stat wrong. I was about to say they have as many 10 win seasons as Jim Harbaugh does since arriving in Michigan. But Jim Harbaugh has, I believe, three of them. And uh, mm-hmm. Northwestern has two of those seasons. 
since 2015. They did have a nine and five in there, seven and two last season, obviously. But this is an interesting group in that it's it's every year it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing with them. Now there have been a couple years where like 2015 they go 10 and three and they come back next year seven and six and they come back with 10 and three. And actually 2018 they win the West again or they were first in the West and they go nine and five and then 2019 back down to earth at three and nine. So I mean honestly that 2018 year man you think about it you think of what Michigan faced at Ryan Field that year that probably could have been a 10 win team that year as as well if Michigan doesn't have a little magic down there. Yeah, Pat Fitzgerald's done a really nice job. Like Northwestern football, I can just remember, and it's hard to believe this is year. Is this year fifteen or this is year sixteen? 16. Year 16, sixteen for Pat Fitzgerald, and that's that's pretty crazy to think about because I can, you know, I kind of come online my college football fandom following story, whatever you want to call it, is kind of somewhere around that twenty that two thousand five Michigan team, the one that played in the Alamo Bowl. But okay. Pat Fitzgerald starts somewhere in that uh, – he starts in uh, 2006 and you know, has a rough go of it early on, but year three wins nine games, wins eight games the year after that in 2009. So this has been a guy who has taken essentially – I mean, what, what Northwestern is basically is Vanderbilt of the North and turned them into, at the very least, a program that is a thorn – in the side of teams in the big 10 West and they've won the West two out of the last three years, which that's a big deal for them. And, and their facilities are upgraded there. I don't know if anyone's driven by their new football facility in, you know, just North of Chicago, it's on Lake, Lake Michigan. It's, it's gorgeous. The Ryan pictures Field, from the inside are amazing. Yeah. Ryan field is what it is. It's typically an extra home game for, you know, the Michigans and the Ohio States of the world. The one time I have seen a game there, it was Northwestern against Ohio State in 2019, which was a bloodbath. And there were Ohio State fans everywhere. But yeah, this is a program that is, like I said, so I looked at that score 52 to three. You saw a good one there. My goodness. That's a story for another day. Riding the, uh, <laughs> riding the whatever it is, the red line, take it to the purple line up to Evanston. And with all, it's just surrounded by, um, surrounded by Buckeye fans. So, Oof. That was that was a formative experience for me, but uh, that one hell probably feels like. It felt like, it felt like it. <laughs> I don't want to go too much <laughs> into. If we start uh, recollecting that story, I, I had a good time. Uh, I like, I like that school. I like, I like Northwestern. I should say, not the other school. Mm. I like spending time in Chicago, but yeah, this is a program that I think has. I think what they've proven is they have a little bit of staying power. It's not a. It's not like Illinois where maybe one year they could come up and finish second or third in the West. Like this team since really since 2015 has been, has finished either second first or second, I think four times here in the last six years and the years they haven't, they finished fourth and 2019, they were probably the worst team in the big 10, not named Rutgers. They went one and eight in the conference and, we're seventh in the West division, but they bounced right back a couple tweaks here and there. And they're right back in the mix the year after that. So pretty relatively speaking, pretty remarkable run for Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, 106 and 81 overall in 15 years. I mean, 
that's that's pretty dang good, you know, for for that program. And we understand, you know, what some of their limitations are. But he has been incredible there. Obviously, I don't know if he's. I don't even know if we we call him underrated though, because I feel like everyone properly rates him as is one of the best properly rated in the country. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at as well. This year, though, I feel like there seems to be a lot of hype surrounding this Northwestern team. And I'm not sure how much of it is warranted. Like it was a good year last year, but they're losing quite a bit. Only eight returning starters four on each side of the football. This according to Phil Steele. but you lose your quarterback Peyton Ramsey. And he had a good year last year, completed 61% of his passes threw for over 1700 yards, 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions. You also lose your top four receivers in terms of uh, receiving yards and touchdown production. That's going to be tough to replace here. Top four receivers, your top two tacklers on defense. They're losing quite a bit here. Yeah, I'm not crazy about this group. You know, you lose Greg Newsome, who was a first-round pick at cornerback. You lose Patty Fisher. You know, Peyton Ramsey, Peyton Ramsey, Peyton Ramsey, I should say, was a pretty – like a stabilizing presence for them at quarterback. I can't say he was a star, but the year before that, 2019, like I said, they were terrible. And I know Ryan Helinski comes in now from, I believe he was a South Carolina transfer, a guy who started, I, I believe, as a true freshman year and, and has some has some experience. So they've kind of become an interesting, you know, the, the top two quarterbacks on their depth chart, according to the the Athlon preview that I've been pouring over is Ryan Holinsky and Hunter Johnson. Both those guys didn't start their careers at Northwestern. So for as much talk as again, not turning this into a Michigan thing, but transfer quarterbacks are kind of the new hotness in college football mm-hmm. in that guys want to play and programs want those guys so they can stabilize their situation. So, yeah, I just think, um, you know, another guy, Rashawn Slater, first round pick, someone who they were people there were draft evaluators who felt like he and Penny Suell were kind of one, one a and one B right at the top of the board there. So they lose Actually, a lot I of look, Ray, Ray Sean Slater. Hadn't, I don't think played many career games, even for Northwestern. I think he's, he was, he got three or four career games under his belt. Slater. I don't have that pulled up in front of me. I feel like he was around a little more. Well, he was an opt out last year. I believe that. Yeah. He didn't play last year. So yeah, I mean, that was a guy who they – the pre-draft process was really good to him. And even, you know, I was actually – as we sit here and record this, it's Monday the August 2nd. We're in August now. Uh, Rashawn Slater's having a really good camp with the Chargers, which you would hope he was their first-round pick. But, you know, that's I'll, a guy – I'll amend that. He, he's played in a, in a lot of games. I, w- I'm, I was going to say, that didn't seem I right. Had, yeah. I, didn't I know wanna... he didn't play last year, but he uh, – I think I was – I think my memory had just jogged something different. He played in a lot of games his first uh, three years there. Yeah. Well, like I said, he was uh, he's a big part. He's going to be a plug and play starter at the NFL level, maybe a pro bowler as soon as year one. So, and when you look at what their offensive line brings back, I'm not, I, I can't say I'm not crazy about it, but you lose a guy like that. You lose a guy like Newsom from the back end of your defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of the quarterbacks on their roster are as good as what Peyton Ramsey gave them. So it's, they lose a lot, but you know, Pat Fitzgerald has taken teams that don't look sexy on paper. I mean, Northwestern football inherently does not look sexy on paper in any aspect and just kind of finds a way. I don't know when I look at the schedule that they have this year, 
and we'll get into that soon. It's there are a lot of coin flip games and, and some of that may be how we feel about the teams on the schedule. Some of it may be the questions we have about Northwestern, but you know, what they do have on their roster still is you know, some, a couple guys like Brandon Joseph, they have, mm-hmm. um, I don't even know how to pronounce the left tackles name. Skoronsky, Peter, Peter Skoronsky. Yeah. He so, was a second team, all big 10 last year. I, yeah. I mean, and he was the number three overall tackle in the 2020 recruiting class. That's a pretty good get for a school like that. So for him right. to be back is is huge. He'll he'll be a true sophomore this year. Other than that, I do, like I, said, I do wonder what happened with Holinsky last year because he didn't really play. I think he played in like two or three games after a pretty strong freshman year. Threw for twenty three hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, and five interceptions in eleven games in twenty nineteen. Well, South Carolina you know? football is weird. So it's it, yeah. So I mean, he. I, I think there is some upside there potentially for Northwestern. Cam Porter coming back. He averaged four point one yards per carry and had five touchdowns. I mean, they weren't really. I even mean, Hunter Johnson, rushing the football, it wasn't really, really much for Northwestern last year. Even Hunter Johnson. I mean, I don't think he's going to win the job, but I, I'm pretty sure he was a five-star guy at Clemson, like the guy before Trevor Lawrence. Like mm-hmm. maybe, oh, maybe this guy is the next, the next big thing. And it, you know, wound up being, oh yeah, Trevor Lawrence is here. So um, yeah, there are some really interesting pieces here. I look over the roster and I don't see... Like, spoiler alert, I don't think this is the team to beat in the Big Ten West. I think a couple of the teams that we've talked about already, I might give the nod over them. But, yeah, there, there are still – defensively, like, this is this is where a, a program that wears its hat, hangs its head on its defense. So, they were fifth in scoring last year nationally, 46th in rush defense, 19th in passing, 22nd overall in total defense, and they were plus four turnover margin for the year. So – Plays good defense, comes out on the right side of the turnover battle. Can't really hate that. That's that's just kind of been Pat Fitzgerald demo his entire career, I feel like. You know, play play good defense, win the turnover battle, play that field position game, you know? Yeah, and there was, like I said, this team, you know, it's crazy. Like, they didn't have a great offense. They were 93rd in total offense in the country you can say they quote unquote hung their hat on their running game, but they were eighth in the big 10 there 65th nationally 96 mm-hmm. passing offense, 92nd in scoring, but it's, you know, it's funny though. They score, they sandblast Maryland 43, uh, 43 to three in the first week of the year. And then just kind of grind out these games the rest of the year. They beat Iowa 23, 20, Nebraska, 21, 13, Purdue, 27, 20, Wisconsin, 17 to seven, the most mind-boggling loss of the year for them is one we talked about in a previous yeah. show, going to Michigan State and losing 29-20. Um, but you beat Illinois 28-10. You lose to Ohio State. It was only only 22-10. to I mean, Michigan fans would kill for an effort like that right now. And then you go and you beat Auburn in the bowl game by two scores, 35-19. So not really anything sexy offensively. Again, it's these are really kind of throwback box scores in your 23-20 wins, your 21-13. This is a team, you know, we, we always talk about how in modern college football, you have to score points. It's an arms race. You have to be up-tempo. You have to basically play basketball on grass. And Northwestern is like, nope, we're going to win like, uh, we're going to win like teams won in 1985. And it worked for them. It's a that's a frustrating opponent to go up against at the end of the day, man. Oh, God, you know, yeah. I mean, that's it, it, 
we what we can base it like the difference between Justin Fields being a New York Jet and being a Chicago Bear is probably what the Northwestern defense did to Ohio State yeah. in the Big Ten title game. That that I know that that kind of threw a lot of people off. And I think after that, despite even what Fields did against, you know, he comes back and do it does what he did against Clemson and right. Yeah, I think it was the the Indiana game and the Northwestern game that really kind of, for some reason, derailed Justin Fields. But I, especially seeing what he did against Brett Venable's defense in that semifinal, I, uh, weird to me, but we're not the ones making the decision. Also, so taking a- also worth noting, too, um, Mike, Han- Mike Hankwins, long, long-time defensive coordinator, uh, did retire. Jim O'Neill replaces him, so I don't – I don't think what they want to do defensively is going to change all that much, but it will, it will be worth keeping an eye on how they do under a new yeah, defensive coordinator. Pat, Pat Fitzgerald is the head coach, but he has, I mean, being a former, you know, standout defensive player, he's got an idea of the type of defense he wants to play, you right. know, at the end of the day, uh, taking a look at this schedule, Phil Steele's got it ranked as the number 66 toughest schedule in the country. Uh, relatively easy non-conference schedule, home to Indiana State week two, at Duke week three, and home to Ohio uh, in week four. Then obviously playing the Big Ten West schedule crossover games are um, at Michigan, home to Rutgers, and they are... um, They open against Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah, I just missed that. Yeah, home to Michigan State. So relatively not bad crossover games here. Uh, with the Vegas over under at, at six and a half. That is uh, uh man. Vegas that, knows that number. That's seems, a tough that one. number seems spot on, man. That number <laughs> seems so spot on. Vegas always knows, man. It's so difficult. So, I mean, I'll just go through it game by game here. I think Michigan state, Oh man, that's so, this is so tough because Northwestern isn't as good as they were last year. Michigan state, like we talked about in that preview is probably going to be better than they were last year. And I'm worried about inexperience in that first game, you know? Oh, I still, I, th- I think Northwestern probably has a, a little bit better of a roster, but well, let's, let's do the, let's just count wins. Indiana state win at yep. Duke toss up coin flip. I feel like Let, let's, they've let's struggled, count. The they've struggled one. against Duke a little bit. It's 2017 and 2018. They lost to Duke 41, 17 and 21 to seven. And Big Ten teams, namely in the West, have a have a way about pooping their pants in non-conference games. Mm-hmm. So, mm, I don't know. Indiana State win. Ohio win. At Nebraska. Nebraska is a dub for me. You think that's I a d- dub? I, d- I don't like that Nebraska team. We went over that. You, we can check out our show. Home against Rutgers. I would think that's probably a win. So, I've got three for yeah. sure so far. I don't think they'll beat Michigan. I don't think they'll I beat Minnesota. I, I don't think they'll beat Minnesota or Iowa. You know what? They'll win their last two. So I so I got Illinois, Purdue is wins. Rutgers is a win. Nebraska is a win. I'm at four. Ohio and Indiana State. I like the over six and a half because I think they can get one of those remaining. Uh, especially if Falinski is anything like he was his freshman year at South Carolina. Uh, they they have an all Big Ten offensive tackle. They've got a you know, Brandon Joseph, who was Big Ten first or preseason Big Ten first team, according to Phil Joe, uh, Phil Steele, six interceptions in 2020. They they got enough to get seven wins. I and that's kind of that's been their thing. Seven and six in 2016, 
10 and three in 2017, nine and five in 18 and seven and two last year. Uh, you, Pat Fitzgerald finds a way they get seven wins this year. I want to deviate from you. I really do, but I'm thinking I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take seven and five. I'll take the over. I, I like, I like Helinski. I like, I like Mike Bajakian, who's their offensive coordinator. I believe a CMU guy. So shout out to him. Fire up chips. Fire up. Um, uh, bu- 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 what else here? Cam Porter. That's a guy to look look at at running back. He ran for yep. 300, 301 yards and four touchdowns in the last three games of the year. We know that they're going to want to run the football. So, yeah, I'm going over. I don't. This is the one I probably feel least confident about because you know you could see. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. I'm not confident in it. I think they could lose their home opener against Michigan State. I think they could go to Duke and lose. Mm-hmm. I think they could lose at Nebraska. That might be the the coin flip game that determines over under from for how this team winds up going. But here's <sighs> an interesting trend. I, you can't They're really just always there. You can't turnovers year to year. You can't. It's just not a thing that you can predict. But since 2014. They've only had one year where they were minus in turnover differential. That's kind of astonishing. They're consistent. They're they're talented. They're well coached. They're always there. I, I, I've, it's the over. It's it, they're probably going seven and five. I don't expect them to win the West, but they're going to push someone. And yep, you know if they can go to Wisconsin, like if they win at Wisconsin. You set yourself up to win those last two games of the year. You might, you maybe you do go back to Indy. We'll see, which would be three out of four years for them, which is crazy to think about. But they're going to be there. They're going to be a factor. That game at Michigan is going to be probably nerve wracking for everyone involved uh, here in our sphere. Always is, man. I, I don't know what it is about North outside of like 2015. Just seems to be a, seems to be a tough game, you know. Yeah, I mean, they. you also get lucky. You miss Ohio State and Penn State. You don't have to worry about playing yep. them. Um, I it's li- a favorable schedule for, a, for an inexperienced team. Yeah, and, and they've got, again, they're inexperienced now, but a lot of these guys, because you have so yeah. few starters coming back on both sides of the ball, a lot of guys will be there in 2022 as well. So maybe you're looking at a type of year that's a springboard year into maybe really being a good team in 2022, but yeah, I think this is probably a bowl team six and six, seven and five for betting purposes. I'll take the over. Yeah. Got that number feel spot on man. Vegas. It's, it's frightening how accurate it is, but just, it it looks too perfect. So that's our Northwestern wildcats preview and projections for 2021, our eighth episode, eighth team. Uh, that we have looked at. You can check out our other seven wherever you get your podcasts as well. Anthony, let them know all the details, my man. Yeah, you can find our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. There is, if you don't know how to do that or how to get our podcast, there's a nice little how-to guide that is now pinned on the front page of mazeandbrew.com. So I'm assuming you know how to do that because you're here, you're listening to us. But if you have a dad who's like, Oh, what's, what's podcast? How much does that cost? Or do I have to pay extra for it? You know, those type of dad questions you get. We're here for that. Uh, we have a guy, obviously it's completely free. 
Also check out the YouTube channel. Send which- your money to at Luke dash Giardi on Venmo. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could do that as well. We could start throwing that into the, the pitches here at the end, but you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T broom, follow the website at maze and brew. We're amazing. Just type in maze and brew in the search bar of any website you're on. Now for some websites, you might not find what you're looking for, but give us a shot. We're, we're probably on whatever social network you are. So give us a shot. Thanks for listening. Yep. Subscribe, rate, leave reviews, do all that good jazz. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Gary, L U K E G H I A R D I with our look at Northwestern there. Make sure to check out the next episode as well. When we take a look at the Iowa Hawkeyes for Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you on the next Big Ten Previews and Projection Show.